All right, we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to kind of go over the same section that we were in last week. It was one, um, the middle section is the details of this, uh, of this portion where he's introducing the spiritual gifts. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to start in verse... And we're going to go through the list here. He says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all and in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To work, or to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, differing kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But it's the one and same Spirit that works all these things, distributing individually as He wills. So, um, <clears throat> just a couple things as we go through here. Remember that we're talking about things that are miraculous in nature. And some of these might not seem like they're miraculous. Faith, for example, we'll get to. We're going to take each of these, and remember, um, as we go, we're going to kind of try to classify them as best as we can. Among those three categories, there's administrations, right, which has to do with your role. There are uh, things that would be um, uh, called, um, and I don't have it from last week, let's see. So we have administrations or ministries. Uh, we have diversities. So there's the things that are called or we refer to within the spiritual gifts. These are specifically gifts. These, are, these have more to do with um, abilities. We might call these signs in some places. Um, and then there are activities. Uh, activities are, are things that I guess it's kind of a catch-all category. Things that may assist, uh, they're not necessarily a specific role. They might assist in some way. So like Romans talks about encouragement. And it's kind of weird to think, I mean, we're all supposed to, and some of these things we're supposed to all do, right? Uh, and yet there are, uh, there's a miraculous maybe a level that people have. I don't know what this looked like exactly. So we're going to try to do the best we can, not knowing, you know, 2,000 years later what this looked like exactly. So let's start, um, and, and also as we go, keep in mind um, that these are distinct from each other. He gives these individually to each one. So, so they're, they're not, they might be similar in some ways, but these are individual gifts. If it's listed under one thing, it's not really the other thing. So he says, to one is given wisdom. It's wisdom supernatural. We have people that are wise. Right? Who do we look to for wisdom? Jesus. Okay, ultimately, yes. Solomon. Solomon. Who do I look to for wisdom? Okay, older people, right? That we, we just expect that with age comes a certain wisdom of things, experience. Right? The, so, so wisdom is not miraculous in and of itself. But this is a, apparently some type of supernatural gift. Uh, so we want to talk about 
um, what that might be. What do you think that might be? Okay, guiding what? Decisions that are made. Okay. For the church would be my guess. Okay, so possibly for the church. It's not necessarily, I want to distinguish this and also the next one. First of all, wisdom and knowledge are going to be distinguished from each other. But also prophecy is down the line. So, so we want to keep those three, even though they're kind of really in the same area, uh, they're... They're a little bit distinct from each other. Um, my guess is it, it's like divine advice, right? And, and all of these were really, or most of these, we're going to be able to go and see examples in the scriptures. Um, so, so if you go back just in, in 1 Corinthians, remember in chapter 7, he's giving advice. He's in, in, in 26, he's like, I, I think they're, they're better if they stay married. That's my advice. That's just Paul's advice. But then down in verse 40, he says, I kind of think I have the spirit on this one. In other words, I think it's inspired advice. It's not doctrine. He says that. So there's a difference between a doctrinal inspired statement and a divinely given piece of advice. This is God saying, you're not going to figure this out on your own. So I'm just going to give you advice. Your life is going to be easier if you stay single. You can get married if you want. Not doctrine. You're saying it's going to be easier for you. And that comes directly from God. So, um, now we do want to keep in mind that the apostles did have the ability to do all of these. Right? So, so when I use an example of the apostles, they, we, we can come up with a number. Most of our examples would be from the apostles. They had the ability to do all of these. But to the rest of the people, they were distributed individually. You know, I don't know if someone would have two, maybe. I don't know. But, but no one had all of them, other than the apostles. So, uh, and that's because they had the ability to hand them out. Why would this be necessary? Why would it be necessary to have a, an ability to give people divine advice? It's not, it's not doctrine. It's, it's not saying, you know, a definition of God or whatever. Just divine advice. Why is that necessary? Okay. It's new. Everything is new. Everything is new to these people. Here's here's something you want to be doing. Uh, we don't have we don't have generations and generations of people who've been handed down. You know, advice and and collected experiences. So you 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 need that. What else? Maybe discernment between what's come from God and what's come from man. Okay. Some some it's like observation, the ability to observe things. That's a lot of what wisdom comes from is your ability to observe things. There's older people that are dumb as a box of rocks. Cuz they haven't observed and they haven't learned their lessons. Age does not make you wise. You're just going to tend to find it there. But as a young person, unless you've done a lot of listening, you're going to tend to find yourself in the category of, you know, you just don't have the experiences. And so the whole church, regardless of age, was in this category because they didn't have the experience. The church was a new thing. 
It's only 30 years old at this point. There's nothing written. There's not like, right. you know, here are the things that you... Oh, now we're getting in... Now, we're getting, now we read earlier in, in 1 Corinthians that the Old Testament was written for our admonition. So they have that to go on. But there's no, there's no, you know, this hap- a lot of the things that we use from the scriptures aren't doctrinal. Right? We'll go through and, and point out, this is good advice. This is, this is something that happened to this person. This is just practical advice for your life. There's a lot of that that, that doesn't have to do with specific teachings of the church. They didn't have that. You didn't just run around with your own personal, like, hundreds of scrolls of, of the Torah. <laughs> you didn't have that. And there was no real written scripture yet. I mean, a church might have a letter, but you didn't have your own copy, and you certainly didn't have the whole thing. So they, they were in a position of need. And we're going to draw on that later <coughs> in First Corinthians. So where would you classify this as? Under those three categories. I, this isn't, you know, hard and fast. I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, so, so, no, so, so prophetic wisdom, would you classify that under administrations or gifts or uh, activities? Just curious. Just, you, just, you won't get graded on this. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a crossover, isn't it? It's kind of somewhere between administration because it's kind of a uh, something that, like you know, a, a person as a as a teacher might be able to do, but it's kind of not really an official position of the church. It's not really we don't have the uh, position of advice giver. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to go through these, and so let's so let's move to the next one, unless there's more thought on that one. Okay, so he says now another to another a word of knowledge, right, is given. So we know what wisdom is. It's more like, uh, well, what is knowledge then? If if it's not wisdom, what is knowledge? What's that? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I think of it as. That's right. Um, it, knowledge is just about the information. Um, I'm not sure that this is about doctrine either. Um, and I, I think that's going to come later in this text under prophecy. Um, well, the Greeks thought knowledge was right. you know, everything you should have, but their knowledge of nature and all that other stuff is not the same as having spiritual knowledge. Okay. So I want to read back. Oh, yes. It, to me, it, it, it seems like these first three are given in an interesting order. Because when you think about wisdom, we talk about you know, wisdom. This is, this is how you live. Mm-hmm. And knowledge is the application of that wisdom. But it's also being able to know who God is and who Jesus is and that kind of knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's different than the everyday wisdom of how to apply that. Right. And then the third one is faith, mm-hmm. which you have to have to come to the knowledge of God, which you have to have before you can live for God yeah. with that wisdom. Yeah. I think those I feel like these first three are very interconnected yeah. in that way where it's yeah. like 
one is the progressive stage to the next one. Yeah, and I, again, I, I'm not sure that this is talking about doctrine specifically. Um, I'm, uh, it seems like that might be, be under a later one because these are distinct. I want someone, this is interesting. Um, someone read um, Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 3 if you have this. I think we'll find out why it was uh, important to have this at this point in time. One, two, three. Yep. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Mm. So he came up and did this thing, and Peter somehow knew, just knew. No, that's not true. <laughs> In fact, uh, I mean, he goes and later says the same thing to, to Sapphira, right? God gave some people the ability to know some things that they just didn't have the natural capability to find out on their own. Why was that important? Because you know their heart, their intent of what mm-hmm. they... Yeah. What now, I don't have this ability. I don't have this ability. I can guess, and sometimes I'm right, and usually I'm wrong. <laughs> well, anyway, nice to have that ability, just to know people walk in the door and like, Maybe not all the time. If I could turn that off and on. I mean, we, we, we know that's from God, specifically. Yeah. Because when you look at even uh, back whenever David was being chosen for the king, you know, yeah. Sam was like, no, God yeah. doesn't look at the outside. God looks at people's hearts. Yeah. And yeah. That's, a, that's an ability specifically that's very unique to God. And she yeah. Just, Jesus displays that as well whenever he talks to the Pharisees. Yeah, yeah. He knows their hearts. Rightly you have spoken, you're not married. (laughs) For the one that you've been married seven times, and the one you're, you know, like that's just supernatural knowledge. I don't have that ability. Why? What's the difference between then and now? Okay, but so, so the question is kind of like, why would that be important to have then and not now? Like you say, like, I don't want to know that. They needed to know that, otherwise God wouldn't have given them, maybe not every person that ever walked anywhere, they knew everything about them, but it just pops up in certain situations. And, and, and right in Acts, actually, if, if you read verse 11 through 13, I think it gives us the answer to a lot of these situations. Um, and I'll just refer to it. It, it. it talks about how after this, the church went on in fear. And it's just like we talked about in, in 1 Corinthians 11. Not every person that dishonored communion died instantaneously. But these two did. Or that person did. And it was to serve. Sometimes God makes an example and it, it talks about how the church went on in fear. Like, okay, they, they were quickly getting used to this thing. And they needed to have a little fear, a little respect of it uh, with what they were doing. And I think that was important to start off. Not that we don't need fear and respect of it. 
but we have a different source to gain that fear and respect from. It kind of reminds me of Isaiah and all that. And I was kind of like, well, why did that guy have to get struck down? Right. Do the right thing, rescue the wagon. And yeah. Because they set it up that way in the first place, the ark should have never been. Right, and right. They disrespected it before it got to that point. Right. And so. It's going to be 30 or 40 years before any New Testament texts were going to be written back. Right. So everything was going to be, for a few decades, everything was going to be oral. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the beginning, it's 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 you have to have that, and we're, and all these all these gifts are actually going to go through uh, through that same thing. He says, "Faith." What now? What is what's faith? Shouldn't we all have faith? Yeah. Okay. So so why what's what's this miraculous aspect of faith, and why? Okay. Sometimes kind of are very gung ho, and then you, you're up and down. Sure. To creep in, and then you begin to doubt. Okay. I, I think there's a. They were given some tasks and some things to accomplish that we are not given. They were given circumstances that we were we aren't given. I'm not saying that we don't have it difficult. But they are in a strange place. They are asked to believe things for which they have no background. Uh, and, and, and specifically, I'm, I'm not just talking about people that are being preached to. I'm talking about the people who are preaching. You're, you're being asked to say some things that are hard to believe. Um, and, and you have nothing really to back you up. In terms of um, tangible things, that's hard. Uh, you know, we at least have a scripture to, to to rely on. You know, we have generations and generations of of this faith that that we've built ourselves up on. I like what Renetta said: consistency. Yes. Too, so that. Not only from time to time, but from congregation to congregation to congregation, yeah. all saying the same thing. Yeah. Also, I think in both cases, it's proof of who God is. Sure. Yeah, faith is the evidence. Yeah. We have the proof from the writings, the historical, everything. Right. And to do that with with the with the the government, you're small in, in number, and you have a government trying to stamp you out. I mean, to do all of that, uh, I think God recognized their their need. Um, in in the beginning of Acts, it talks about how they prayed for boldness to preach. No, they knew what they were supposed to preach, and they knew they believed it. They had confidence every bit of more probably in terms of just their natural faith than I, I do. But they asked for boldness. And I think, and it says that the place where they were staying was shaken. And, and they went out and, and you would see them, they were in jail. 
Hey, aren't these the guys we put in jail yesterday? Yeah. Look out your window. There they are again. Hey. They're doing it again. Are you nuts? Well, they had an ability of faith. I couldn't. I don't think I could do that. Maybe they only have a few corners. Yeah. That's supernatural faith. Um, that's that's amazing. Maybe I could. There are people today doing amazing things, but it just seems like a, a, a peculiar situation that they were in. Very unique. Yeah. 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 So it, it's hard to compare yourself to to somebody in a different time in a different place and setting. All right, we're going to get into one now that's that's pretty pretty simple to to know what it is because it's the word is what it is. <laughs> Healing. Oh, I, I, so I would think that, that it's not really a role, but it's not a sign in and of itself. I think it's more like an, an activity. It's like encouragement or it's like a, a behavior. I, kinda, I guess I, that's where I would, I would put it uh, uh, with, with those types of things. It's, it's an it's a attitude. It's a, you know, uh, so I think it would be kind of among that. To me, it's more significant than the signs. It does more than like just the simple miracles. Um, it's something that nearly everyone can have. Yeah. Too. Yes. It's right. So, so it's it's something. Yeah. It's it's something that we all have. It's just it's to a level that that doesn't come naturally. Some. Um, so healing is self-explanatory. The miraculous ability to heal. Physical illnesses. Now, why would that be important? Actually, I was going to add to that. Why is the next thing miraculous powers? Why are they not the same? Why is that separated? Why is what separated? After the healing, it immediately talks about miraculous powers as if they're two separate Okay, things. they are separate things. We're going to talk about that. We're going to look at some illustrations. All right. Um, so, so healing, I, I think what we'll see is that, that, that Miraculous Powers is kind of a catch-all, cat, another catch-all category for things that aren't specifically healing. Um, why would that be important? Okay, but we all don't get miraculously healed, and we don't all have miraculous healing. <laughs> Okay. Sure. So it wasn't Jesus didn't come here and say, you know what, we need we need no hospitals. So I'm just going to walk around and heal everyone. We'll all be good. We're all healed. I mean, you look at um, you look at whenever the man was lowered through the roof. Yeah. Said so your sins are forgiven. Like okay, so you know, just so you know that I have this power, I'm going to do something else to physical to show you I have authority. Okay. So it was so. These things, uh, anything under this, under what we would call the gifts or, or the signs, is that's why they're called signs. They were significant of something uh, deeper, more important, which was the spiritual aspect of things. Uh, so it verified the message as coming from a divine source, uh, kind of especially when you raise dead people. You know, that's like the ultimate healing. Well, I mean, this, I mean, they didn't have medication. They didn't have modern 
things like that. They didn't have that ability. I mean, and and even whenever they did have some kind of like healing, you know, poultice or something like that, it wouldn't have always worked. But this sure. is something like right. It was done. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, the guy that the guy that's yeah. sitting down by the pool for who knows how many years, and and uh, and you know, or the lady that's that's you know the she's a hemophiliac, and she's 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 no other yeah. way that would have been fixed. Yep, and she spent all her money on doctors, you know, like, things like that. Well, lepers a good example because yeah. they kind of they were shunned by society. They are the outcasts, so this allowed those outcasts to be back in the church again. It's an interesting topic because what does the New Testament say if you're sick, what you should do? Mm. What does it say? Go to the elders, yeah. Be anointed by oil. Oil and, and you, now what happens if people had COVID and I went up there and anointed them oil and they didn't get oil? Yeah. Well, I, I had that happen to me. Uh, I was at a youth rally when I was in college, actually, and, and, uh, and, same teacher, by the way, that, that was like, hey, just read the book of John, Andrew. He happened to be stopping by this youth rally. It's in a completely different state. And they were driving back from a camp. And, uh, and this, I'm, I'm listening to this preacher. And I'm like, something's wrong here. <laughs> and he's talking about how he carries around some 10W30 just in case. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I, I guess it didn't say what kind of oil. <laughs> and, uh, but... Uh, but it, so I'm like, something's wrong here. I don't know what it is, but I mean, it looks like it's saying that this is something we're supposed to do. And uh, and, and so Jerry goes. He just comes in and he just does that smirk, the the famous Jerry smirk. And uh, and he goes, well, just ask him if it's worked every time, because because that's what James says, the prayer of faith, talking about the elders will heal the sick. He doesn't say it should most of the time. There's an 80%, you know, it will do it. It's a gift. He's referring there to somebody with the miraculous gift of that. And you have to understand the context. Um, that's why. that that Those elders were in that church or whatever, that they were given that ability. So... Um, No, no, no. So uh, it's interesting that it says that this was given as a gift. That's that's important to me. When when uh, when it doesn't work, since we're on the topic, what is what is be what what's the excuse? Huh? What? What? <laughs> okay. So typically, typically that that's the excuse given. You're you don't have enough faith, as though you don't have faith that I can heal you, so I couldn't heal you. But Paul doesn't state this as having anything to do with the person getting the benefit. This is given as a gift. The person doing the thing has the gift. If, if it's all up to my faith to be healed as a person needing the healing, then the gift comes from me. It, it's not coming from the person. They just happen to be standing in the way. I think the subtle mistake that's made often both in the Old Testament and the Testament too is that these gifts 
are given and they're enacted through a person, but that does not mean that the person has complete control of that. Okay, we're going to. Okay, so, so, so we are going to talk about that in 1 Corinthians. So he's going to address that issue. Um, and uh, 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 I'm not sure exactly the chapter. I believe it's in chapter 14. So um, it might be 12, though. So anyway, we'll get there. We're not going to get there today. We might not get through this today. <laughs> so now uh, we get to the one you were pointing out um, about miracles. So we, we sometimes refer to these, as we say, as signs. Um, I would say they're, and they're going to be grouped. He's going to go back kind of through these and, and give kind of an order of things. Um, he's he's going to give the order of importance. These here are just kind of listed randomly. Um, and and he'll, he'll go down the list. And, and you're going to come down the list, and you're going to see that as you go down, these are less important and less significant. Well, what is a miracle that's not a healing? Can you think of any? This is hard to do. Well, of Acts, when um, they were jailed, okay. there was an earthquake. Okay. There's one. There's one mentioned about being, you know, bitten by snakes. Okay, that's the one that I typically think of. That's the, that's the most specific one Paul's sitting there. And it works just like the healing. Casting out demons. Okay, casting out demons. Yep, there's, there's one. There's a sign. So prophecy is going to come under a separate category. I'm, I'm specifically a sign that's, but that is a sign. Uh, uh, but as far as just miracles, uh, just like catch-all category. Would raising the dead count as different from healing? The, what's that? Raising the dead. Well, that seems to me health-related. <laughs> um, but maybe it's classified different since you no longer need a medical attention. I don't know. In uh, these, we're just kind of categorizing on There's no official list anywhere. But we do want to remember the Holy Spirit doesn't do useless things. Right? These, are, these are all important. He's not like, hey, come see the show. Uh, these were all important. Uh, and so, so, you know, like the, the, the one with, with Paul. They're sitting there and they're kind of not taking Paul too seriously. Right up until he gets bit with a snake, doesn't die, then they call him God. He's like, whoa, you went from zero to hot there. <laughs> but all of a sudden, they're ready to listen. Seems like it's an external force. Yeah. Involve people, but indirectly. Right. It's the act around the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some some of them, yeah, some of them might have been direct. Some of them might have been. I think there's. We have very little, actually, when you think about it, in this category, we have very few specific examples of things um, that don't fall into one of these other categories. We have lots of healings. If we're going to loosely categorize those as signs, as or miracles, then yes. But most of the ones we think of are, are health-related or 
prophecy related or, or various ones. It's this specific category, that's what I say, it's probably just a catch-all for things. Um, Jesus turning water to wine, if we want to go back to the Gospels. And that, that's what it says, this first sign Jesus did, is a, the, the first thing he did. Uh, was it beneficial? Yes, it was. Uh, walking on water, there you go. So with Jesus, the, he, we have kind of, I think, a lot of examples. I, I think, um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe Paul had some influence in making sure that there were, everybody didn't escape from the jail. I don't know if that was a supernatural thing that he had the ability to do or if they just listened to him. I don't know. Uh, but, but these give, these are similar to healing or, or some of the other ones where they give credibility to the scriptures to, or to the, to the gospel message, which is, again, not needed when you have a scripture, and we're going to get to that. So I want to talk about prophecy. Uh, and I th- we've talked about this is separate from wisdom or knowledge. Um, there's different types of prophecy. What are the different types of prophecy? What do you think of most? What's that? Visions. Visions, okay. God's messenger is loosely what prophecy is. What do you think of when you say prophecy? What, what, what comes to your mind? Okay, that's, that's the one we think of most often. Well, I'm no prophet, but, you know. Um, so, Agabus, for example. Not all of it was, you know, uh, Christ is coming. That was that kind of prophecy. But Agabus, Agabus is, a, hey, listen, um, there's going to be a famine, you know. Uh, oh, by the way, Paul, if uh, you go, you're going to get arrested. <laughs> yep. That happened. <laughs> Uh, so, so there was that. There was that ability. Um, what else is prophecy under under speaking for God? Well, when you look at the minor prophets in the Old Testament, they're giving a message for repentance. Okay, so a lot of it isn't isn't. It's divinely given messages that you could not figure out otherwise. That's what prophecy is. Uh, just like. Like uh, Christ says, listen, don't write your sermons. <laughs> don't write your sermon. When you stand up, you will say things that I want you to say. And there was no predictions. Okay? When he stood up on the day of Pentecost, it was actually about mostly about the past. Um, it was mostly about the Hebrew history leading up to the crucifixion. It was all past events. And then, and then at the end, like you say, you need to repent. And that was prophecy. Doctrine is prophecy. Any message from God is is prophecy. Um, So I think it's kind of um, important. Acts chapter 21, verse 9. I want to turn here. We'll we'll wander into the weeds a little bit. So I want to read that. Mm, this is Philip. Philip had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. You notice they were not called prophetesses. It's important. Uh, it was not a position. It's not always a position. It can be, as like we've talked about some of these crossover, you can be a prophet, and that was a position. That was an administration. 
or it can be simply a service that you do, right? It, it can be um, like a help, like we, we, we call them some, sometimes they're referred to as helps, but, but things, activities, or whatever your translation calls that, that other third category. Um, what's that? Right, exactly. Um, so you can teach without being a teacher. You can share the gospel without being a preacher. There's, there's the position, then there is just doing a thing. We don't know. We have no idea under what circumstances and in what, even what type of prophesying this was. Was this a sharing of doctrine or was this predicting? We don't know what they were doing. But we don't know the, the setting in which they were doing this. Um, so uh, we'll talk about, even in, in this passage, we'll talk about different settings that there were uh, for the church. Oh, but um, just thought I'd, I'd share that. Discerning of spirits. What is discerning of spirits for? Okay, so testing the spirits. What are we talking about and why? Okay, so what are these evil spirits masquerading as light doing? They're warned about throughout the New Testament. They're confusing what they mm. can and what they're okay. preaching. Okay, so doctrines of demons, right? And so we've just talked about a situation where people were saying things that were not true and claiming to be inspired. That's what launches this exact text. So we come down to it. There is a gift that says, that's not true. Someone had that gift. Someone in the church had been given that specific gift. And it was not the person who had the ability to prophesy. This is a person say, yeah, I agree with them. Okay, that's the person that says that. And they were recognized. So now, knowing that, what do I know about the church in Corinth? Here's a person that was given that gift by Paul, likely, since he had been there. But we have false doctrines and Gnostic doctrines. So what's happening in this church? Division. Well, we know division. That's the book. Someone's not using their gift, right? You do have the ability to ignore and to some degree control the gift that you've been given. Paul says that to Timothy. Stir up that gift I gave you. You're kind of letting it sit around there. Use it. Um, so, so it was they were not using the gifts, not using the gifts correctly, and it was causing division. That's why he's got to go through this three-chapter section. In First Thessalonians five, it talks about do not put out the spirit. Mm-hmm. So you have yeah. the capability of quieting. Yes. Yeah, right. It, so, so this is not like this trance that comes over you and, and you're uncontrollable, right? It might also have been that some of these gifts are a little bit more glamorous than others. Were what? A little bit more glamorous than others. Oh, I'm they sure. Being able to discern between spirits. Yeah, that, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, if you're sitting over here and, and everyone goes, was that right? Yeah. Uh, you can't. It's it's kind of like uh, was it is um, Elton John saying you know you can't. When he 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 grew up playing the piano. He's like he said, you're kind of stuck there. 
at the piano. So he's like, the piano player never gets any attention. The guitar player gets all the attention, so that's why he wore all the crazy outfits, because he's like, you, you can't be famous wearing them. You, know, so you, you, can't, you can't get be flashy sitting over there. Yeah, that's right. No. So, so some of these, you know, you have the ability to do. I raised somebody from the dead. I said no. <laughs> so the question that I would have is, do these people have the ability to exercise the gift whenever they want to? So, or yeah. is the gift present because God has something that he intends to do uh, for that person at that time? Yeah, I, I'm going, uh, I think it's somewhere between. And I, I, there's, a, there's a section that, that addresses that a little bit. Um, not in great detail, but it, I think it, it's later on. And it might be this chapter now that I'm thinking about it. But um, and, I, and I mentioned that because of the next section, which obviously we'll get into. Yeah, we're, we're not even, we, we, we've got I mean, I, two I more to do. Let's, let's, we're going to power through this really quick. Tongues, briefly covered, since we've <coughs> talked about this one more than anyone else other than these just in the history of, our, of Christianity, and it's the one we know about. I went to Ukraine, really quick, went to a pizza place, sat down, did not know Russian, I knew some words, couldn't understand the words. I'm looking at, this place had pizzas that were pre-made, so you kind of have to figure out what you want. Um, I'm looking at one, I could have ordered a pizza, and then they give me an English menu that's been translated. I could have ordered a, uh, a, a pizza with the hen on it, um, and, and that was chicken, but that one had corn on it, so I wasn't going to eat corn on my pizza. And it, like, there was a couple of these, like, it's like, there's like four pizzas, and I didn't really want to eat any of them. Uh, so I, there, was one, uh, there was one with what I thought was the word cookies, but it was the word liver, which are very similar. As one is piechen and one is pechenu, and you've got to be careful, because I actually made that mistake a, uh, like a year later and forgot that. It was like, I just ordered a pizza, and I'm like, oh man, I ordered a liver calzone, that's nasty. So, uh, so, so, oh, that is wrong. That is real wrong. Uh, so, uh, so I, I, I ordered by process of elimination, there was this, this pizza, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And uh, it was pizza with the language. I'm like, pizza with the language? I don't get tongue. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, duh. A, 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 a kid straight out of Bible college should connect these two things. Didn't connect them. Got tongue on pizza. Like, oh. <laughs> so, language is tongues. Language is tongues. So it's not shalamalaba, halalalala. All right? Just so we know that, it's tongues, it's languages. Um, you can demonstrate that in Acts 2. Each one understood in their own language. Uh, we're going to get into, I think I had a, a, a big thing here about interpretation, uh, but it's much like the verifying of the prophecy. We're going to get into why it was needed. We're going to get into it later because Paul addresses this one later because there's some major issues going on with tongues in this in this church. Um, and we'll get to why it was needed specifically. But basically there was translators there. Divine translators. It would be nice if I had the ability either A, for 11 years, to divinely be able to speak Russian, or to at least be able to divinely interpret things that we're saying 
being said to me, like, that's liver on your calzone. I would have liked that ability at that point in time. Uh, but I didn't have that ability. So um, we're going to conclude there. Thank <laughs> you.